Hello and welcome to Freelance Corner. I'm Jess and this is Faye. Hiya. Now regular listeners may notice the name change. This podcast used to be called Freelance Party Broadcast, but we decided to rebrand ourselves as Freelance Corner as that's the name of the platform that this is the podcast of. Nothing else has changed apart from having Faye back as well as she missed the last few episodes as she was unwell. All better now, Faye? I sure am. And I'm really excited to get back and chatting and see what's going on in the freelance world. Before we get started, just a reminder that we are recording from our homes, so the sound may not be as good a quality as you're used to, but we're doing everything that we can to keep bringing you this podcast. Today's question that we want to answer is, how can I start out as a freelancer during the pandemic? And we are joined by Fiona Thomas, author of a new book for freelancers called Out of Office, Ditch the 9 to 5 and Be Your Own Boss. Welcome, Fiona. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you, Fiona. Um, It'd be great for our listeners to understand how you got into freelancing and what your journey was up to writing this book. Yeah, freelancing was a kind of a bit of an accident for me. I studied music at university, went into a career in hospitality, so did a quick pivot from music into working in catering management. And I worked as a manager for about six years. And after I had been doing it for a long time, basically, it took its toll on my mental health. And I had a mental breakdown when I was 26 years old. After that, I just kind of reevaluated what it was that was kind of causing me stress and causing me anxiety and realized that working in that industry just wasn't really a good suit for my personality. I definitely work better on my own. I don't really do well to manage a team and just found it quite stressful to be in a customer facing environment all the time and um, like having to pretend to be okay when actually I was suffering with the symptoms of depression and anxiety so after that I went back to work after a year off and just worked in a regular waitressing job alongside that I started a blog and that was really just for fun I uh, wrote about health and fitness and then after a few years I started feeling a bit more confident about opening up about my mental health on my blog and I did that solidly for about a year and all of a sudden I was starting to be asked to write for publications and I wrote a lot for the Metro and I've written for places like Reader's Digest, Heads Together, loads of really cool names and that was when I realised like oh I've actually kind of turned this hobby into something that I'm really good at and I can probably make a go of. So I accumulated a few clients doing writing work and doing social media work and then I did that alongside working part-time and it just got to the point where I had to make the choice. Was I going to have to, you know, turn down freelance work to go to my day job or did I just make the leap? And I made the leap in 2017 and yeah, never looked back since. That's so good to hear. I I guess freelancing does help with mental health. It gives you that flexibility. So could you tell us a bit more about your book, Out of Office, Stitch 9 to 5 and Be Your Own Boss? Yeah, I really wanted to write a book that was practical, so would help people getting into freelancing. But I also was really keen to make sure that there was a, a big mental health element to the book, because that's how I got started, was writing about mental health. My first book is a mental health memoir. So I knew that that was something that I wanted to cover in Out of Office. So It really just starts with four sections in the book. The first one's how to get started. So it's all those questions that you are too embarrassed to ask in the beginning, like how do I raise an invoice? How do I set up a self-employed? How do I market myself? And then it moves on to more kind of complicated issues like, oh, like 
what do I do if I've got a difficult client? How do I chase up late payments? All those tricky things that you don't foresee coming. And then the, the second half of the book is very much about mindset and mental health. So it's overcoming the things like imposter syndrome and the guilt about working too much or the guilt about not working enough, like all the conflicting emotions that come up. So we talk a lot about that. And then towards the end of the book, I really hammer home the point that burnout is real. You know, working for yourself can be really difficult mentally. And how can we flag up the symptoms of burnout and depression and anxiety? How can we manage them? And logistically, how can we plan for time off? And how can we take sick days like in an emergency way when they crop up when we least expect them? So it's it's a big mix of practical tips, my personal experience, a lot of my mistakes as well. Keen to explain to people that I've made lots of mistakes and that's okay because nobody teaches you how to be freelance. It's something that you very much learn on the job. And this book is your your guidebook to see you through your freelance career. I wonder, um, because at the moment during the pandemic, lots of people have started out as a freelancer because unfortunately they might be made redundant. They might just have rethought things. And some people are deciding, well, actually, my my passion like is something like for you, it was mental health. And actually, I want to write about that and I want to do something about that. So they're kind of rediscovering their career. Is that something that you've noticed? I've definitely had a lot of DMs on Instagram. That's where my community is. A lot of people were saying to me, you know, I've read the book and I'm feeling inspired to go and freelance because I've been made redundant or I'm still in my job, but it just feels unstable. Um, So I think, yeah, a lot of people have either through circumstance or just through this kind of global shakeup that we've all had. I think everybody or a lot of people have just reevaluated what actually makes them happy. Like a lot of us have realized, oh, like I spend a lot of money on stuff that I don't actually need. So it's the same with jobs. People have realized, oh, I've spent like the last 10 years in this job and actually it doesn't really make me happy. So I think a lot of people have been, have to ask themselves some difficult questions this year and freelancing is the answer for a lot of people. That's really interesting though, the way that you've kind of gone from music to hospitality to finding your niche. Some people don't have a clear career path, but you've just hit the nail on the head that you can find your niche later on in life. And you can kind of, I suppose, like dating, you kiss a few frogs. But in the freelance world, you do that too with your career. Yeah. And I think all those paths that you go down, that you start going down and realise, oh, this isn't right. Like none of that's a waste. It's all self-discovery. And you've got to kind of dip your toe in and go okay I quite like that but it's not quite right and then take a step back and move on to the next thing and I think that's the great thing about freelancing in general is because I know that my business right now looks completely different to what it looked like this time last year and in 12 months again it'll probably look completely different again so I can pick and choose what I focus on and what I upskill on and what I sell people I can change that as the years go on so even though I'm still a freelancer and hoping to be a freelancer for the next, you know, however many years. My work life will will continue to evolve, which I think is really exciting. Absolutely. For our listeners, if there are any freelancers that are listening at the moment that have just started through this pandemic, what kind of advice would you give them? So what kind of skills do you think that are crucial to learn quickly? 
The thing that I tell everyone who's starting out as a freelancer is to never rely on one income source because that's the mistake that I made in the beginning. I was getting the majority of my income from one client and it was great. You know, every month I had loads of work coming in, you know, the money was good. And then all of a sudden, one day management changed and my work basically dried up overnight. So had I been freelancing for a long time, I would have been prepared for that and I would have known in the back of my mind that that might happen. But I was just kind of sailing along thinking, oh, this is really good. Don't need to really look for any more clients. And that really gave me a fright. So I would say, as you're starting up, don't think that, oh, I've got one client that pays my bills, that's me sorted. Always be looking for your next client or always be looking for multiple income streams. So even if, say, you only have capacity to work for one client a month, think about how you can maybe have another slightly more passive income stream. So whether that's selling like ebooks or courses or maybe starting a podcast and getting sponsorship for it, try and think of other ways that you can kind of give you like a plan B and a plan C and you can pull on those little threads whenever you know things change because that is the thing about freelancing clients can drop you pretty quickly so you need to be prepared for when that happens so that you've got another little you know got your finger in many pies just to keep you going I guess that's even more true now than ever because companies aren't always that stable at the moment are they there's a lot of fear outside about maybe if clients go under then you're kind of left without money and I will do a quick plug here for a freelance corner pack because freelancers who have a freelance called ultimate pack are covered if a client goes into administration up to ten thousand pounds so if you have a an invoice that hasn't been paid because a client's gone bust you are covered but no that's really really interesting fiona about you know having to have more than one client because i guess when you start off as a freelancer just getting one client is so good actually you wouldn't even think of this you know i need to get another client because you're just so happy you've got one Exactly. I think I've kind of not got lucky because I've worked hard for it, but I've definitely le- leaned into my audience and my community that I've got online. I've built that up over quite a few years and I've got a really engaged audience. So when I'm not working with clients, like, you know, business clients, I have things that I sell to my audience as well. And I think building up your, your kind of online presence can be a really, really good way to have a bit of a backup plan. So instead of just selling to, you know, business to business, you can sell business to customer. And that just gives you another another element, another string to your bow. Is that the biggest challenge you found as a freelancer? Or is there an, something else that's been the biggest challenge of becoming a freelancer? I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest mindset block that I've had to overcome in the last few years is figuring out how much to charge for my services and having the confidence to stick with that figure when times get tough and when clients want to negotiate which is fine like there's always you know always people that want to negotiate so I've had to do a lot of work just to figure out what my skills are where my strengths are and actually remind myself that just because writing comes naturally to me I enjoy it and that it's fun doesn't mean that I shouldn't be charging a premium for that service because it might come easy to me but it doesn't come easy to other people and that's why they're paying me to do it and I think a lot of freelancers fall into that trap especially creative freelancers because they think oh this is this is just what I do like this comes naturally to me anybody can do this and we have to really remind ourselves that people come to us for a reason and that we're skilled people especially 
as creative people, our skills are valuable. So yeah, it's taken me a long time to figure out that, no, actually I can charge what I'm worth and be confident in doing that. That's such good advice. I think that people just in general forget their worth, especially with their work, because it's just day in, day out. You're so like blindsided by it. But that's really good advice. And on that note, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice when you started out, what would it be? I would say remember and schedule in time to work on your business as well as working in your business. Because I kind of looked at my time Monday to Friday as a free a free for all. I was like, that's fine. Any work can be squeezed into Monday to Friday between nine and five. But I didn't account for the time that it takes to do other things within the business. So doing my tax return, doing my accounts, you know, doing market research, creating content to actually market my services, taking discovery calls with people, do, you know, doing stuff like this, doing PR to, you know, talk to people on podcasts. There's so much stuff that goes into building your business and those step, that work that you need to do to actually push the business forward. And if you are just working on client work all the time, you either don't have time to do that stuff that builds the business or you squeeze it in at the evenings and weekends and then it leads to burnout and, and further mental health problems. Before we answer the questions that have been sent from freelancers, Faye and I decided that each week we want to celebrate a success story of one of you at home. So I asked freelancer Twitter to send in their biggest success from this week. So our featured freelancer today is Grace Abel of Abel Design. Grace runs a branded communication studio in York and this week launched a new website, abeldesign.co.uk, which received a five-star review on Google. Grace also got sent a bottle of wine by a client, so she must be good at what she does. Thanks for sending that in, Grace. So if you want to be our featured freelancer in the next episode of Freelance Corner, please send us your success. No matter how big or small, send it to content at freelancecorner.co.uk and we will let you know if we feature you. It can be as simple as avoiding the biscuit jar until after lunch because that's been my that's been my success this week. <laughs> I wish that was mine. <laughs> Now we have some questions that have been sent in from our listeners. First up, Sarah asks, I have just started freelancing since the pandemic and I'm not sure when I need to start thinking about tax returns or anything like that. As I start my work, what do I need to keep track of? So I'm going to assume that they have registered as self-employed. So if you've done that, that's great. You've got everything you need for when your tax return is due. But as far as keeping records goes, I would say keep records of all your expenses so anything that you spend related to the business whether that's your postage for sending things away or your web hosting and then record all your income as well so whatever you make from clients and just save that on a spreadsheet it doesn't need to be anything fancy I like to do it every month because when it comes to the end of the year I don't want to have to do a year's worth of income and expenses so at the end of every month just put that into a spreadsheet and total it up And then when it comes to doing your tax return, you've got all the information there. And, you know, it's pretty simple to plug in those numbers. I definitely was scared first time around doing a tax return. And I left it to, not the last minute, but I left it to December and it's due in January. And I could have done it months before. So I would recommend if you keep your monthly accounts up to date, 
you can do your first tax return like as soon as you're allowed to and I would recommend you do because then it gives you a lot more time to make sure you've got your your tax money there to pay because you don't need to pay it right there and then unless you wait till the deadline don't wait till the deadline (laughs) do it with plenty of notice I'm very much known for being last minute with these kind of admin jobs so kudos to you (laughs) there's a whole chapter in out of office about tax because I know that that is the thing that scares people the most it really isn't as complicated as people think it is so there's a whole chapter on tax and I also interviewed my friend Julia who is a qualified accountant and we did a Q&A and I asked her all the questions like can I claim coffee as an expense <laughs> all the questions that people want to ask so that's a really good section to bookmark for future definitely can you claim coffee as an expense no you can't just buy coffee for at home but if you have to travel for work So say you had to go to a meeting, like say I had to go to a meeting in London and I had to eat and drink whilst I was away, I could claim that. Good to know. Better start booking all the meetings uptown then. (laughs) (laughs) We also have another question from Sam who asks, how would you recommend I find other freelancers? I've been made redundant from my nine to five job and I miss the companionship so much freelancing can be great for your mental health but also throws up so many other mental health issues that a lot of us don't think will affect us because I am an introvert and I thought working from home would be bliss I was like this is great I won't have anyone to distract me even though I was home alone I was still affected by the feelings of isolation even though I was enjoying it if that makes sense like I still enjoyed it but isolation still has a tangible effect on your your physical and mental health so Glad that you've recognised that early on. And I would definitely get on Facebook. There's loads of great Facebook groups. There's one called the Freelance Lifestylers. There's one called Being Freelance. There's one called Freelance Heroes. Do you guys have a, a Facebook group for networking? Yeah, we have a Facebook called Creative Freelancers UK. There's just under 2,000 members on there. And we, you know, they kind of often share job posts or, you know, if one of them can't do client work, then someone else kind of jumps in and does it. And we also regularly post in there any advice or links to our free webinars that we run and stuff like that. So it's Creative Freelancers UK on Facebook. But the whole Freelance Corner platform is basically for freelance networking. So you can meet other people, see where people work in your area, maybe, you know, in post-COVID times, meet up for a coffee in, indoors if that's allowed. And yeah, just kind of chat to other freelancers and go to events and our virtual events and in-person events again when they're back allowed. That's all on freelancecorner.co.uk as well. That's perfect. I think once you start looking for freelance communities, you realise that they actually are everywhere. There's definitely, for women, there's maybe more, I would say. Uh, there's quite a few like that I'm a part of. Like There's one called Grow and Glow. There's one called Independent Girls Collective. And they are paid memberships, but they're really affordable. And they give you like kind of virtual training sessions and you can get together and co-work on Zoom. It's just a really good way to meet people that aren't necessarily in your industry, but they work for themselves. So they totally get like what it's like to work from home. So when you're struggling with something, instead of like complaining to your partner or your friend who doesn't really get what it's like to be self-employed, it's, I think it's so, so helpful to have people that understand what it's like. And they understand when you want to have a moan, but they will also help you celebrate the wins that maybe other people don't get. So like if you're like, oh my God, I got like two sales today or I finally like wrote my new sales page, like 
other people might not get it but other freelancers will totally get it so yeah it's definitely worthwhile making some freelance friends I think it's you get to celebrate successes like oh I submitted my tax return and other people that sounds like the most boring thing ever but when you're freelance it's like wow that's an achievement let's go get a drink (laughs) Um, the last question sent in is anonymous but they asked I went freelance because I wanted the freedom, but it has made me so stressed. I worry about money a lot. How can I manage that? Yeah, I think most freelancers would be lying if they said they don't worry about money in some way, shape or form. And it definitely takes a lot of getting used to. I would say the the thing I spoke about earlier about charging your worth, like that's, I think that's the best thing that you can do to make you feel more financially secure. So really take some time to think about what your rates are and make sure that you are doing the calculations to make sure that what you charge per day or per project is actually sustainable and profitable. A good way to start is just work out what's your goal salary, what would you like to earn in the year and then instead of dividing it by 12 months, divide it by 10 months because that gives you a bit of leeway and gives you time off if you're ill or if you want to, well you should take a holiday. And then that gives you a goal to work towards every month. And then you can divide that back again to work out a day rate. But bear in mind what I said earlier about not, don't be like, oh, I can work 30 days of the month because that's not sustainable. So maybe say I'll work 15 days of the month and you can work it back from there. And I find once you've done those calculations, you just feel much more confident when you quote your prices to someone because you've not just plucked a number out of thin air I find when you do that it's quite hard to back yourself up but when you've done the calculations and you know okay that's how much I need to make to hit my goal for the month it just feels much easier to show up and say yeah that's my prices and they're set in stone so I would start with that and then the other piece of advice I would give you is to like I said, try and work on multiple income streams. So maybe you've got one package that you know is really popular with corporate clients. Is there a way that you could repackage that so that it maybe works for small businesses? So could you do a more accessible offering that's maybe a bit cheaper or maybe is worked out over a payment plan? So you can target different audiences at different price points as well. Thank you so much for answering our questions today, Fiona. And remember that if you have a question about freelancing that you want us to put to an expert, then drop us an email at content at freelancecorner.co.uk. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for this episode. You'll be able to find a lot of information in the show notes below and on our website. Thanks for listening. Join Freelance Corner, the online platform for UK freelancers at freelancecorner.co.uk for regular guides, tools and content on growing your freelance business. Please subscribe to our podcast, like, share and leave us a review and let us know what we can quiz an expert on next time. We hope you're staying safe at home and thank you so much for joining us, Fiona. Thanks for having me.